0: Well, um, before I talk about the miracle of a dynamic life, I want to just ask you a few questions. Did you hear about the first restaurant they opened up on the moon? It had great food, but no atmosphere. (laughs) I'm the pastor of the church, I'm giving you pastor dad jokes. All right, here's another one. Did you hear about the fire at the circus? It was intense. This is important to ask, what is the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One is really heavy, the other's a little lighter. That's a courtesy laugh. I like that one the best so far, so it tells you where I'm coming from. Uh, What does a house wear, a dress? You heard the rumor going around about butter? Never mind, I shouldn't spread it. (laughs) This is important. Two windmills were standing next to each other on a wind farm. One asked the other, what's your favorite kind of music? The other replied, I'm a big metal fan. (laughs) I'm a big metal fan. I'm a big metal fan. I love that one, that was a good one. Here's the last one, how about that? Are you happy about the last one? My teachers told me I'd be, I'd never amount to much since I procrastinate so much. I told them, just you wait, <laughs> right? Turn with me to uh, Philippians chapter 4. I want to read to you uh, something that Paul discovered. Paul the apostle went through a lot of, a lot of issues. Um, my brother's family lived on the East German border for many years, and uh, there was Auschwitz, there, there were these concentration camps, there were terrible things that happened, injustices before we were born in World War II. And uh, a man named Viktor Frankl emerged out of the Auschwitz uh, concentration camp with uh, a man able to manage uh, joy in his life. He basically said, You could take people's freedoms and you could take things away from people, but you can't take away our decision and our free will. And our lives are controlled by decisions we make, not by the conditions we meet. Our lives are controlled by the decisions we make, not by the conditions we meet. I really believe that. God said to Moses, behold, I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. He said, so choose life so that you and your seed may live. You know, God wants us to understand some things tonight from Philippians chapter four. And so I'll just read this to you. It starts out with verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I love coming to church and singing praises, but I think it's important that we praise God through the hard times, praise God when we're alone, praise God while we're in our car, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In whatever the circumstance, whatever the, whatever the situation, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And that's what Paul is intimating here. He says, With all the situations we face, put it up into a form of prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, ponder these things, focus on these things. And what will happen? The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. So then Paul finishes his letter by thanking the Philippians for being generous, for having concern for him. In fact, he said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. So what he's saying is, I speak not from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Again, our lives are controlled by decisions we make, not by the conditions we meet. He said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. There's such discontent, such malcontent that's present in our culture right now, but godliness is a means of great gain when it's accompanied with contentment. So we can overcome a contentment deficit disorder by realizing, hey, life is challenging, life is great, it's a gift, Uh, it's brief, Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, seasonal, we go through high times and hard times, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all, so I'm excited about how God is faithful, I mean, this guy didn't lose his arm, this guy's lungs working again, this is what we're talking about here, this is what's happening here, that guy over there, he had a letter from the the IRS saying, you owe us $2,000, uh, the the state part of it, he said. Well, the problem is I wasn't in the state; I was in another state. So they said, "Oh, wait a minute, we owe you money." So uh, that's an exciting breakthrough. That's better, you know. That's a good. It's great. And whatever you're facing right now, whatever your trial may be, listen, we can make some decisions tonight and uh, really take a stand, because this is in fact what Paul is basically inviting us to understand. He said. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, of having an abundance and suffering need. Verse 13, say it with me. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. Now think about Viktor Frankl, the German Jewish uh, psychiatrist. He had worked on his, uh, like a dissertation, like paperwork, that was like life, his life's work for many years. And when all the anti-Semitism started to, to foment in his country, uh, he carried the paperwork wa- with him while they were deporting him, putting him into a prison. And he thought for sure that the soldier would understand how important the paperwork was. And uh, some, young, you know, some young German soldier just basically knocked it out of his hands and just took it away from him. And there he went off. He was so stunned by it. But that was the beginning of a terrible awareness of how bad this uh, these concentration camp experiences were, would be for him. The thing about it was, though, he lost all that paperwork, but he didn't lose the ideas. And he got through this acid test of World War II, and he came back out with just an amazing message for all of us about how he learned not to be overcome and not to, not to quit, not to give up. And Paul, 2,000 years prior to this, tells us that he says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to get along with prosperity. So then he cracks this down, and he says, in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and of going hungry, of being having abundance and suffering need. He's basically saying, I've learned to live in a peace." independently from my circumstances. My emotions aren't my final dictate. My circumstances aren't my final dictate. What people say is not my final dictate. I have a peace because I know the Prince of Peace. He said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 2021 is a year of strength. It's a year of hope. It's a year of joy, and it's a year of courage. And uh, when God downloaded this into my spirit, it was before uh, you know, I saw what was happening, but yet God was basically saying, I assure you, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away, and you are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and you are on solid footing. You've built your life and house on the rock, and it will stand. So nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. So he's he's saying, thank you for the help. He said, but you know, I I, I am not... I'm not in a place of of, uh, pathetic. I'm not in a place of desperation. I'm not needy per se. I have needs, but I'm not needy. And then he says in verse 19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ, by Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So that's good stuff. It's dynamic stuff. And uh, when I was in the dental chair, I got this, the word dynamic came to me. And I actually then realized that the root for dynamic is dunamis. It's actually, it it emanates out of the Greek word for dunamis. And so Paul is basically talking about this dynamic power that helped him to live in abundance and then not get puffed up with it or get arrogant. David, King David even said this. My wife pointed this out to me, this scripture. He said, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he basically said, Lord, I don't want to have so much that I, get, uh, I forget about you, and I don't want to be so desperate that I, I make bad choices. He's basically saying, I just, I just want to learn the secret of being filled and going hungry. I want to learn how to live in godly contentment, in the contentment zone. The world's crazy. It's, it's unhappy. I think about the amazing comedian uh, Robin Williams. He, was, uh, he got so much success in his life. You know, he, he, he wanted to be a comedian, and he was a comedian. He, got, he wanted a television show, and he had a TV show. He wanted to, uh, you know, be a film star, and he was in many films. He, he, he got an Academy Award for even a serious part. So he had a lot of successes, but he had a lot of success, but he didn't have fulfillment. On the other hand, um, we look back again at Viktor Frankl. His successes were all pulled away from him so harsh, harshly and, and such hostility, but they couldn't take away his uh, attitude. Um, attitude is everything. Attitude is a set of life skills that we've got to learn from Paul. Paul said, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. He called it uh, a secret, but, but God reveals the secret to us. He shows us, that, that, that we can learn to, to, to figure out how to live independently from our circumstances and just live in a place of, of uh, God, I trust you. I'm thankful. I want my life to be balanced. How many of you want your life to be balanced from here on out? I talked about the miracle of, of managing our emotions and how our emotions are they're wonderful things, but we don't want to be you know constantly irritated, constantly angry, Fed up, you know. We went to a restaurant recently, and this man was just huffing and puffing. I'm so tired of spending money at restaurants. And he was standing there huffing and puffing, and it was, and he was taking it all out on his wife, and then all of us, and then they left, and we got to sit in their booth, I guess, and we got some really good food, and then uh, I, I we ordered it was so delicious. And I wanted to put it in the styrofoam box. I put it in the styrofoam box, and then I was stacking the plates, and I pushed it right off the table. It flipped over. Flopped all over the seat. Fortunately, it was vinyl uh, because they, te- they were prepared for toddlers. And then, uh, so I cleaned it up, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it was, uh, you know, a sermon illustration. I could get up and, you know, don't, don't cry over spilt Kung Pao chicken or whatever it was. It was good. It was ma- it's making me hungry thinking about it. But anyway, I, want, I hope you're hungry for God's word right now because it's dynamic. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and uh, we're going to look at verse 8 this is these are the final words of Jesus before his ascension after his resurrection and before his ascension and they're asking him you know what is going to happen to the nations what's is the you know how is it going to what's going on in in America with election with the border with the uh, vaccines, with the mass, with the school systems, with the economy, with the deficit, with the, all the nations. They're saying, what's going to happen? Is it now at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. So let's get down to the priorities. Verse 8, but you will receive dunamis, dynamic, the power of God, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is what I want you to focus on, Jesus said, for the rest of the end times, all the way to the second coming. He said, I want you to understand you don't get preoccupied with a lesser agenda. Get your heart so aware of the dynamic power I'm about to download on your life so that you will be my witnesses, credible, authentic carriers of some substance that will bring impact locally, regionally, nationally, globally, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even the remotest part of the earth. It's a ripple effect. This dynamic power. Now here's what the definition for dynamic is when I looked it up on the dental chair on my phone. Positive in attitude and full of energy and new ideas. The church is dynamic. It's positive in its attitude. It's full of energy and new ideas. Constant change and motion. That's what dynamic is. Constant change and motion. I wrote this. A dynamic individual is someone who is full of confident trust in God and therefore approaches life with freshness and a willingness to adapt, flex, and flow. If you're writing notes, I'll reread it. A dynamic individual is someone who is full of confident trust in God and therefore approaches life with freshness and a willingness to adapt, flex, and flow. Here are the antonyms for dynamic. This is the opposite of dynamic. Ineffective, lifeless, apathetic, weak, boring, dull, passive, unexciting. Did you hear that? That's the opposite of dynamic. The example that was in the dictionary is the energy of a toddler at play. And we've had a toddler at play that they, they bought a water table. You know what a water table is? It's a big wide bucket with legs on it and, they, they, and it has toys in it. And they, they get wet and they splash you with it. And then we've got a trampoline that we have a a net around it. I wish I had one of those when I was a kid. I'd have fewer knots and I'd be easy, easier to understand. <laughs> but anyway, and then he also loves street chalk drawing. And then he also loves hummingbirds, better known as honeybirds. And he is high energy. Do you know that they did a test years ago and they got a professional NFL, uh, professional athlete, a very strong, strong person. They videoed a toddler for a nine minute period. They played the the video back to the the athlete in an organized, coordinated uh, study, a test of of energy and strength. And so they asked the athlete to duplicate all the movement, all the dynamic movement of the toddler. And he ran out of steam within four minutes. He fell and collapsed. This athlete that gets paid millions of dollars who makes a living as an athlete. This dynamism, this, this power, can energize us and make us where we're effective and full of life, full of passion. We're strong. We're not boring anymore. We're no longer dull, and we're definitely not passive. And actually, God leads us into a dynamic life. A dynamic life approach will take on challenges with joy instead of drudgery. It will be hopeful instead of full of dread. And we'll have a can-do spirit instead of can't. And God assures us, Jesus assures us, hey, look, man, I'm going to build my church and I'm going to fill it with power. And I'm not weak toward you, I'm mighty in you. And you are going to be able to, like Victor Frankl was able to muscle his way through World War II. My Aunt Eileen was able to muscle her way through the, the Spanish flu of 1916. Josh was just able to muscle his way through almost losing his arm. Ed with a difficulty with his lung. Uh, We could go on and on and on. You know, Chris over here getting a funny letter from uh, the IRS and God working it all out. Come on, this young couple getting a breakthrough buying a house is happening all around us right now. But in case you're having a real protracted, weird time right now, I want to encourage you, be advised. You can learn to live in a level of confident expectation in high times and in hard times. That is the message that God's trying to download in us through this era we're in right now. And God is actually waking us up to this so that we can provide help uh, so that people, you know, they want to know what makes you tick. There's a bounce-back ability I see in the church. It's actually Jesus' resurrection power. And in Romans chapter 8, it says, Since that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He's giving life to your mortal body. It says another verse in the King James, he's a quickening spirit. You know, he's to judge the quick and the dead. The that, that quickening uh, is an old antiquated word, but like, like the, the quick of your, um, I was cut to the quick. You know, it's like, that's an old saying, like somebody hurts you with the words and it's, it, it just goes so deep. Well, I'm telling you, there's a depth right now of, of this quickening. God is quickening us right now. The testimony of this brother, just right fresh in the church. I didn't know the testimony. I, I read the letter after God had me laid hands on him and pray for him. There's so much going on. You come to church, you just God just has so much set up. But not just coming to church, going to work. It's dynamic. Not just going to work, going to the restaurant. Not just going to the restaurant, driving between here and there. I mean, it, when you understand what Jesus came to bring, it'll help you. The Old Testament examples, they, there was a dynamic in Joshua and Caleb's life that helped them to face giants. Jehoshaphat, the great king, had a battle strategy that was unique in the history of the world. Abraham and Sarah, late in life, had the privilege of new beginnings. They, were, they became a father and mother of many nations. In the New Testament, Jesus only did what he saw his father doing, and that's what caused him to have a dynamic life, even in today's world right now, on a day-to-day basis. Lord, we didn't pick our circumstances, but we choose this day whom we'll serve. Our lives are not controlled by the conditions we meet, but by the decisions we make. I really believe that. This guy, he, he went to get a surgery, and it went south. Infection got to the bone. What's it called? Ne- necrosis. The root word for that, that ne- necrosis, ne- that's death. And, and he was facing that. And, um, you know, got, he called some people to stand in faith with him. Steve, David. And here he is up on the altar praising God. And he gets a favor and he finds out, just you just found that text out. You just got that text. He wrote me that note. It was 99%. Then it, God had me lay hands on him. Then it was 100%. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. That just happened right there. That's the kind of dynamic stuff that God wants to do in and through us. Across the street, Michael Steinberg just built uh, this place called, uh, what's that, that concert venue called? The Factory. And uh, a band called The Pixies, who, by the way, the lead guy, uh, Black Francis, was inspired by the Christian music. He grew up in a in, a, in heard Christian music growing up. And he was a pioneer in a music format of dynamic music format of loud and quiet. And a lot of people don't know that, because uh, but Nirvana duplicated it, and they became more famous for it. But before these pop guys came, other pop people, Mozart, Beethoven, and Bach, they did this Mozart primarily. If you listen to Mozart's music, it's dynamic. It comes in sometimes like thunder, and then it goes into a quiet and then it goes into loud then it goes back into quiet there's even the, I remember on a an iPod you you had the ability to override that and I thought it, it was almost like colorizing black mo- black and white movies it's like no don't mess with art you know they're saying you can make it neutralized where it's all the same volume well no Beethoven who by the way was going deaf still managed to figure out how to be dynamic you got to love that He wrote stuff that was so amazing, and he was deaf. And it's so powerful in its expression. My friend Randy Travis, when country music was drifting from its roots and was being very kind of crossover pop, he didn't particularly like that. So he was instrumental in reintroducing a very distinct and classic sound. Uh, One of my son's friends said he saved country music. And, uh, you know, I would get with him, and we'd, we'd listen to music together, and he just liked the elegant kind of roots stuff. And um, Motown, it was dynamic. It popularized urban R&B for the masses, and we still tap our toes to it. In the church world, God is looking to new wine and new wineskins mentality. He's looking to stir up a hunger in the hearts of the people. He's looking to visit us. He's doing, he did it tonight. I was in the parking lot. I felt led to stay out there with my wife until 7.30, and I prayed for our worship leaders, and man, God answered my prayer, didn't he? And I prayed God would, and and God used uh, and prompted uh, the direction in the singing and that spontaneous song. He put a new song in her heart, and then Scott's drumming. You just got to love it. You can't make this stuff up. And, you know, sometimes we feel like the Ellis Island tired and huddled masses. But, you know, in reality, we, this one thing we do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, what are we going to do? We're going to press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to obey the scripture, Hebrews 10.35, that we therefore will not throw away our confidence, which has a great reward. Why? In verse 36, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. They told Victor Frankl, forget it, man. You're going to just perish in this terrible, evil environment. They st- the, some, some unnamed soldier. And he went into it assuming the guy would have graciousness and compassion. And, and it was no longer a reconcilable kind of a situation. Society got very toxic very fast. And he thought this young guy would look at him and say, oh, sir, yeah, you've worked. Sure, you've worked on that. Go ahead and carry that in there. And he just pushed it out of his hands, just went, just like th- throw away paper. We were in Clayton. We were eating lunch, and the wind was blowing between the skyscrapers. We sat by a window, and um, a lady dropped papers, and I could tell by the look on her face she was running into the street to get the paper. So it wasn't like something like, oh, well, it's just, let's forget it. So I thought it was super important. So I jumped up and ran out. Another guy ran over, and, we, and the wind was blowing. I stood on two pieces of paper because I thought, uh, you know, I, I, it'll keep them from going. It was about ready to go into traffic. We were picking up the papers. We were all in this together. And I saw Exhibit A, and a bunch of, you know, I didn't read it. I just saw, I glanced, it was Exhibit A. So this must have been a paralegal working for a lawyer down there by the courthouse with the it was like that was very important. She looked at me she and this other man there too who got out of his car and, we, and I ran out of the restaurant. She said, "You just saved my life." And and, and I and I and I I just think about what Viktor Frankl must have felt like his life was taken from him. That was his life's work, you know? I mean, it was just courtesy to pick up some papers for the lady, but I could tell this is more important than the usual. Well, even when Viktor Frankl went in there with all this, I mean, the guy was a stellar uh, master of psychology. He's impacted the world. Uh, His writings have impacted the world. John Moore has read his book. Uh, My son's reading his book. It's it's profound. Yeah, I've I've quoted it and and referenced it for 40 years. Because don't you love somebody that just overcomes... I'm in a room full of overcomers right now. Look at that person next to you and say, I'm sitting next to an overcomer. I mean, it's, it's not what you had hoped for. It's not the hand you wished that you had dealt you. But it's how you're playing this hand. And it's, it's a milestone moment that you showed up here tonight. There's some people in here that took quite a bit of overcoming. It goes, what I'm sharing with you is not just self-actualization hype. This is what Paul called, I have found out the secret of being filled and going hungry, how to get along in humble means and how to get along in abundance. This helped us through our marriage when we would have the elation of new romance or then the difficulty and harshness of, and the challenges of not, uh, of, uh, of, not, of not meshing, you know, in those early beginnings, you know, h- hitting clashes that were so harsh. But you just never give up. You never give up. You become a Christian. It's like Hallelujah, and then the gates, the devil tries to beat you over the head with the gates of hell, but you're in the church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. But yet you have the knots and the lumps and the stitches to prove that you've tangled with some things. But having done all to stand, we stand. I wouldn't even be uh, know who Victor Frankel was. I wish Robin Williams. I, w- I wish he's still alive today. I mean, it just was such a loss. And You know, you just don't want to, we've got to be admonished in this moment and understand that God wants us to, to, to ride this moment out and fight the good fight of faith. Paul the Apostle, it took constant adjustments for Peter, Peter's life. He, he had a lot of things he had to work through, a lot of challenges, and God helped Peter over and over again. Paul the Apostle going to the Gentiles. That was dynamic. God is about ready to deploy you into your personal slot in your niche in life on some key assignments. Uh, The Bible calls them exploits. Daniel 11.32 says, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And this is, in fact, what Paul the Apostle is talking about. I don't know what Victor Frankl's belief system was, I don't know what Robin Williams was, but I know I'm a believer in a God who watches over his word to perform it, who is, uh, he rewards those who seek him, who, who hears and answers prayer, who is with us in trouble, never leaves us nor forsakes us, and is the Lord that heals us. So it makes perfect sense to me that a young man would have had surgery and that an would, infection would ensue. It makes perfect sense to me as we live in a fallen world. It makes perfect sense that he would be attacked like that. It makes perfect sense he would have just, you know, have to call brothers, pray for me, go to a 24-hour deal and get an IV to get the help. It makes perfect sense to me that, that uh, also that he's here tonight and he's healed. Yeah. That people that have been through so much garbage managed to find their way here. What was that guy's name that came in that bus for so many years? Jesse. Every time I wanted to whine or complain, I would think about the quadriplegic Jesse finding his way to church, and he'd be over there singing at the top of his lungs. And uh, it, it, it just is inspiring, isn't it? I go to the church where we had Jesse for many years. And if you know where he is or you've seen him, say hi to him for me if he's still living. I don't know. He might be present with the Lord, but, man, i tell you, it's a blessing. Yeah. You guys, know, you, Anybody been in track, on track with him? Okay. Ray knows him? All right, Ray's, Ray knows everybody. <laughs> Ray's up. He got shot down, what, 11 or 12 times in Vietnam. But who's counting? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's dynamic. Yeah, he keeps getting back up. The difference between a success and a failure is that the success gets up one more time than the failure. So, what I want to tell you is that there are there are personal dynamics. I think it's dynamic for us. The takeaway for tonight is Paul said I've learned how to live independently from my circumstances. So, let's let let's take a look at just saying God I how do, how do I do that? There, there's an attitude of there's an attitude of thanksgiving, and there's just this peace that can come where with all of our expectations, with all of our aspirations, will we still have them and we should. We should have goals in life. We have a worldview. There are things that are really priority important to us. But the devil will try to antagonize us and steal our joy to where even if we succeed, uh, we could still be miserable. Apparently, that's what happened to Robin Williams. It stole from him, you know, or uh, Anthony Bourdain. I thought the guy was riding high on his career, had a little sweet daughter, you know, and then boom. So these are cautionary tales. These are cautionary tales to tell us, hey man, which which way you want to go? And Paul said, "Be followers of me, as I am of Christ." And he went through a lot of challenges. This guy. But he said, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. I could get along in humble means. I could get along with abundance. And I think that's what I heard from my son-in-law and, and daughter. You know, they said, man, we just, here's how we fought the fight of faith. It's not a principle-based thing. It's, it's, it's God, he's our father, and he takes care of us, and we trusted him. And God brought a, hey, there's some amazing miracles going on right now. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're watching online, the fact that you're present physically makes a statement. It makes a statement that you have decided to follow Jesus. You have decided not to be disrupted in your courage. You have decided to take your stand. And now some people argue, is that decisional theology? Or is it the basis of human determinism? No, it's the basis of understanding how good God is and that when, we, when, when we're faithless, he remains faithful. And like what Holly's saying, um, God what can't, help me, Holly. There's nothing that my God can't do. I mean, she just said that just to mess with my head. Wait, there's nothing that my God can't do. Yeah, say it. There's nothing that my God can't do. He could turn our situations around. You go through stuff. Some of you gone through a divorce that you didn't expect. Some of you, job, your job changed at a, at a season where it's like you didn't expect it. This brother has a surgery thinking it's going to be taken care of, and infection comes in. And not just infection, the threat that he might lose his arm. And it was his right arm, right? Are you right-handed? Is so that important? Either way, it's important. <laughs> Even if you're left-handed, it's like, come on, man. His arm's going, whether I was right-handed or left-handed, I'm important. Right? So I just think, I just believe that there's a, an energy, a spiritedness activating, bringing a, a vigorousness and a force. Um, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'll close with this. I had the privilege years ago, for many years actually, to train the Oral Roberts University short-term mission teams. And I would go with other preachers, and I would uh, train the, the teams. They had a very strong emphasis on nations and, and missions that still do. I don't know how many years I did that, many years. And I taught group dynamics because I had led a lot of short-term mission teams, and I had a real grasp on uh, the science of it and how um, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, and that there had to be certain behavioral commitments going forward. We, we would get people ready with backpacks full of bricks. Scott Richard, we made him do backpacks full of bricks, and he's been working out ever since. He, that got him motivated to be a lifetime exerciser. But we, we, knew, we would haul through. Did you go on the trip where we went to Br- Brussels? And no, there, we went on a trip to Brussels, and everybody was so slow that we didn't get off the train. When I, So now we got to get off the train. And then the train, in Europe, man, you got to be quick. And so we finally ended up all the way on the edge of Brussels, way far away from the hotel. We, no, we didn't even have a hotel. We, were, we, we, we needed to get a hotel. So we got all the way to the edge of Brussels. I said to one another guy on the trip I said follow me so we started walking down the street I'm praying God, I said where do I so I turned left turned right turned left turned right and I walked up to this hotel knocked on the door I said hey we've got 12 or 15 people and we need rooms for tonight and uh and they said we just happen to have just that many rooms and they were believers and it was like supernatural And we had so much dynamic stuff happen and so much favor. And what the enemy meant for harm with all the people dragging their feet who didn't exercise enough, we, we finally got. So you could say, well, Pastor Jeff, God used all those slow pokes to make it a really great trip. In spite of the slow pokes, God's made it a really great trip right? In spite of our failure, God's turned things around for good. In spite of our flesh, God's turned things around for good, right? That's why it's not human determinism. It's the grace of God. Yet I'm determined to tap into the grace of God. Does that make sense? That's the life message I want to get over to you tonight. Paul said, I have learned. I know how to get along in humble means. It's know-how. It's, it's a life skill. And, and, and this is what I taught those, those groups, uh, group dynamics, you know." that, that, that you, you flow, you don't interrupt each other. I talked about personal evangelism. I said, if you're engaged in a conversation and you're really flowing, and somebody, don't, don't interrupt them. Don't step on their words, you know, and, and just be there to support them. If, if guys are talking to a girl, guys get over there and stand by the girl. And I had all kinds of dynamics I taught them to protect them on the, on the streets. Paul is basically saying to us from these verses, God's gonna give you power to get out of apathy and get on fire. And I'll close with this. Reinhard Bonnke, the whole time we knew him here at St. Louis Family Church, was battling cancer in his body. The whole 10 years that he came and supported our church. You never knew it, he never whined. We had the distinction of being the church that he had to cancel uh, engagements more than any in his entire ministry. And I loved it because uh, his assistant said, uh, he always, he never felt ashamed with it. He knew you understood. And that I said, I just want to have you whenever you could come. And um, he was retiring and in German thinking, you know, you gotta, you, you, you back off. And I said, and I said, Reinhardt, right in that room back there, I said, Reinhardt, you have the goods. Yes, I do. I have the gospel, I have the goods. I said, and, and you are a father in the faith. Yes, I am a father in the faith. And I said, so don't back off on the, keep the pedal to the metal. I, I will keep the pedal to the metal. And he's on, and he said, I am on fire. And, and, and he, 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 he didn't fade away. He was like a, he was like Haley's Comet, man. He left a big glowing indication of, of a dynamic life, even to the end. The last conversation I had with him, we sent flowers from church. Nancy was, Faithful to get those flowers to her. He sent me a picture. The smell and the fragrance of this bouquet has filled our home with such, thank you so much, you know, and he sent me the picture of it, took a great picture. And then the last conversation I had with him, it was like a lion roaring in in this winter of his life. We prayed to the spirit together and just roared and prayed together about the nations and about America being saved. And then that was my last conversation with him blasted off into heaven that's the way we ought to live on fire for God we die with our boots on we we press on to the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus let's all stand up on our feet we'll close with this song these guys are playing and I want you to put one hand on your heart one hand up toward heaven I want you to say Lord stir up a fire in my heart I pray for a dynamic, energizing, supernatural wave of help from your presence, from your word, from my fellowship with you, from my harmonizing with this church body, with my brothers and sisters. We stand together in Jesus' name for breakthrough and not breakdown. We overcome so that we're not overcome. We fight the good fight of faith and that's a fight that we win. I am more than a conqueror. The gates of hell cannot prevail against me. Jesus is Lord of my life. He's filled me with the Holy Spirit. He's given me his mighty word. He is empowering me for service. I am created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared beforehand, that I should walk in them. When I pray, mountains move, demons flee, bodies are healed, answers come, nations are changed, hundreds of millions of souls coming into the kingdom of God. In my lifetime, America shall be saved. The nations shall be reached. The gospel shall be proclaimed with signs and wonders following. I live a miracle life, a dynamic life, a fruitful life, an abundant life. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now I want you to turn and I want you to pray the breakthrough blessings of God, a supernatural dynamic like like you're, you're taking defibrillator paddles onto a heart patient or you're taking jumper cables onto a battery. I want you to believe God for some breakthrough on one another, ready? I want you to turn around and find two or three people and just ask God to bless and strengthen and fortify the people around you. Let's do that and then we'll sing this song as we go.